You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop, a very special episode of IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Happy holidays, everybody. And Justin Davis. Scoop. And we have arrived at our 750th episode of this very show. Very fitting episode to both uh, celebrate the Damie Awards, which everyone has been looking wow. forward to all year long. Wow. And this will also be our final episode of the year. I know last week was hit, we had two episodes left, but I have a short week next week. Sam's out, and if I'm being completely honest with everyone, I'm just tired. I'm ready for a little <laughs> bit. Of a, we, I'm ready for some winter hibernation myself. So we we're gonna make a, we're, we're gonna go big with this 750th episode and the Damies. There's a couple other uh, news items to pick, like the final official word that E3 is really dead, and we have to mourn that, of course. Oh my God, I forgot about that already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but before. Before the doom and gloom of that, let's uh, it a celebration. That's we, really what the Damies are. The most Damon, prestigious, the only game awards is what they mm-hmm. are, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the only the, someone else should really try giving out video game awards. I know I, I mean I don't <laughs> mind having the spotlight all to myself, so I'll take it. I, I guess if nobody wants this car, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I love it every year the Damon industry comes together and really mm-hmm. speaks for the Damon industry. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Damies. We, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I have doubles of some cars, but triples is best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll kick things off with actually a big award. It's usually safe for the end. I'm going to give out the, the Damie game of the year just because I don't think it's going to be what? Any, <laughs> any surprise to anyone. Listen, it's everyone, anyone who's been following the show could call this a, mi- a million miles away. The Damie game of the year is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, not too much more needs to be said. Uh, people people have kind of fall into two camps. Either they think it's like the best game ever made, or they think 
Baldur's Gate 3 is a little bit better. <laughs> that seems, seems to be like the two types of people that there are in the world today. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, you might have seen IGN also awarded Tears of the Kingdom as Game of the Year. But listen, like to be t- perfectly honest, like it was really, really close between that and Baldur's Gate 3 among IGN staff this year. People are just of... Yeah, uh, there wasn't Razor Thin. It wasn't Razor Thin. It was, cl- it was clearly Zelda, but the staff is split still. I'm not saying that the staff's not split. And, and evidence of that is that Justin's been antagonizing the staff all morning <laughs> about how great Baldur's Gate 3 is and how much we screwed up. What are you up. talking about? That's what? <laughs> Leave me out of this. That's not true. I have there's two game of the years this year. There's Zelda and there's Baldur's Gate. And there's Baldur's- Antagonism. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> No, just, no, that's accurate though, and a lot of people I think on staff felt that way too. Uh, and, and you know, IGN if people haven't seen yet, we did choose Tears of the Kingdom for IGN's Game of the Year through a vote. And um, uh, uh, I, I like Tom's theory about how if the games had been switched in place, then release then, dates, um, yeah, the release dates had been switched, then potentially the recency bias could have tilted one the other way too. And I really, I don't know what to say about that. Like, I think like it happened with the. Uh, the game awards voting people were playing Baldur's Gate more closely to it being out, and that might have helped it then. But I think they both settled out by the time IGN voted, which I think is cool. So yeah. I think Tears of the Kingdom is my second favorite game of the year, um, and both of these games are uh, my two favorite games that I've played in years and years and years. And they both just happen. Wow, that's awesome. They both happen to come out this year. So like, what an incredible year! Um, so you know like look i don't want it to sound like i'm bagging on tears of the kingdom for for me the game of the year vote is that tears of the kingdom did not feel different enough from breath of the wild um you know i'm not taking away from all the ultra hand stuff like it's so fun it's so cool like i actually even watching this footage i'm like man (laughs) i think i'm ready to go back and play tears of the kingdom again because it's Mm -hmm. so incredible but like you know, it's the same world. It's kind of a retread of the story. And, um, and you know, outside of all that building and constructing and the Banjo and Kazooie Nuts and Bolts stuff, like, you know, it was, it was, you know, it's a direct sequel. It's a very close following sequel to Breath of the Wild. And so for that reason, I kind of give the edge to Baldur's Gate for just on a personal level. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I give the edge to Tears of the Kingdom. Just when I think about, <clears throat> when I think back on my like my hero's journey through video games this year, I think I just had like the most yeah. memorable moments in Tears of the Kingdom. Now, to be fair, I'm still like stuck into Baldur's Gate three. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm halfway through. I'm just like wandering around, Sam. The way I play that game is like the map is covered with like a fog of war. You have to uncover the map, yeah, but you can kind of tell where like where, where which way the paths are leading. So I just wander around uncovering the map and I meet people and I get into yeah. battles and I find treasure. Great. And all along the way, things are being added to my quest list. And there's like main mm-hmm. quests and side quests and then quests for each individual character in your party. And it's all just being added there, but I'm not paying attention to any of it. I'm just wandering around yeah. uncovering the map. So at some point, <clears throat> I think I'll have explored as much as I can. I'll have to start actually going down some quest lines. There's the- That's cool. I like that way to play. I, I think I'll play that way when I play it. The, I just got it. The, it's interesting that, I mean, you know, both games are incredible. Like, we're truly blessed as gamers this year. But, like, but the, they have almost the opposite ethos of, like, nothing in Baldur's Gate. There's no random battles. There's no mm-hmm. just blah NPCs. Every single NPC has, like, a story and a reason for why they are where they are. And, like, oftentimes, not literally everyone, but, like, almost everyone has, like, branching dialogue paths that change depending on who you are and give you meaningful roleplay choices. and. Yeah, I mean, every single battle in the game 
serves a purpose and um y- you know is placed in the world deliberately and yeah. um whereas tears of the kingdom is a lot more of like you know we've talked about it at length but like go up down left right any direction you want to go and you're going to find some interesting stuff but it's not it's not quite the it's not as dense as Baldur's gate i would mm. say it has a lot more room to breathe when I think about moments like like the quest to get the Master Sword in Tears of the Kingdom, so and good. then those those like sort of late game the pair of quests, it's the secret of the Ring Runs, and then through guidance from mm-hmm. ages past that just takes you down to like the southeast yeah. and all the way up into the um, Sky Islands, and then all the way down into the depths, all as part of like this one pair of quests. It's just like so far, there's nothing in like Baldur's Gate three I've encountered that like stands out like that to me, even though I'm enjoying the hell out of Baldur's Gate three. That moment, that moment where you go down to the depths for the first time. It's like, that's a, it's an all time video game moment where like everyone, like, you know, we work it's at IGN. So good. So it's like, we sometimes have that stuff spoiled for us. Right. Or like, you know, but like just to go in blind and you just jump into it and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what, what <laughs> is going on down here? Like, it seems crazy. And then, yeah. you know, eventually there's kind of like the peeling away the layers of the onion where you find out it's an inverted version of the world above and all the yeah. lore implications down there and all the Yiga clan. Like, Oh my God. So good. Um, yeah. I also, last bo- night I, I played tears of the kingdom for a long time. I've been playing it every night again, all, like for a very long time, I'm way back into it right now. I was planning on racing to the end, but now I'm like completionist mind just took over again. And so I finished the sky, um, uh, shrines, which are all pretty interesting. A lot of them are like carrying a crystal, like th- using devices, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's just like, that's not gameplay. That's in a lot of uh, the rest of the game uh, that you really have to use devices a lot of those. And then mm-hmm. I did, um, so I did probably five or 10 shrines total. And most of them were in the sky. Then I did some armor stuff because I'd found some treasure maps and I was in the depths for a while. And then I like got on this kick of like figuring out how to complete an armor set. So then I was like yeah. trying to do that. And then it just, you know, that type of thing, I was just like, my to-do list just expanded immediately. And every time I ran into you know, a, a, a Frox or a Hinox, I was killing it because I needed the weapons. And this was all just because like, I was like, oh, I'll just race to the end of the story. And I'm totally like, 20 hours later, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> the way that everything fits together, right? Of like, you know, you're beating these bosses because you need the materials to complete the armor. But in order to beat the bosses, then you need more <clears throat> like light arrows and things to fuse. And so like, no element of that game. It's like a it's like a perfectly configured little clockwork machine where everything just fits together and interplays with with something else. I also wanted to mention Endgame is different for me now because I have so many resources. And one thing that's changed is like the game will want you to like I uncovered all the depths and it actually gives you a message when you do that. So, you know, you did it, which is really helpful mm. because I, I thought that was like really great. So I did that. And part of that and then also part of the sky stuff I'm doing right now meant that I could just create a, this flying thing every time I needed it with no question, just go to it. I didn't have to climb once. I didn't have to like solve any like environmental puzzles. I just zipped to the top of things and I felt pretty guilty about that. Or else you could, or like for the surface, you can go to go to a sky view tower or a shrine in the sky and fall down. But like that's end game, right? I can focus on other things now instead of traversal, but I'm still not fast traveling necessarily. I'm doing a lot of like interesting, like how do I get here with falling or devices, which I thought was really cool. We, I like, go ahead. Uh, oh, just like as I reflect on, like, I do want to get back to Tears of the Kingdom. That might be a really good holiday break game. But, like, mm-hmm. when I reflect on playing it this spring and summer, 
sort of oddly the caves that are not the depths stand out to yes. me as like they're really cool a really memorable really cool part of that game and like i can't mm-hmm. i couldn't like not go in one when i saw it yep. like of course i gotta go in there and you know then they have that nice little punctuation mark on the end of them once you find the little i forget their name but the little frog bubble guys frog. yeah the yeah the bubble frogs and then like you know they have that the bubble frogs to me are similar to korok seeds and that the this nice little um you know just punctuation mark on the end of your little mini adventure it just feels great they're great yeah. I loved, all, I loved all the boss fights. The ending is great. And then it just runs great on the Switch. Feels perfect because it was made for that platform. Whereas, you know, this isn't... Yeah. I can't really knock the game for this, but Baldur's Gate 3, I'm playing on PS5. And while I love the game, it's a little bit clunky. The interface is still a little bit clunky using it on the controller. They may have done the best job that they could, but it still doesn't, like, feel as good to play as Tears of the I Kingdom. Mean, for me. It's definitely less polished than Tears of the Kingdom, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in any case, I will continue... Adventuring through Baldur's Gate 3, well into the new year, I believe, but I'll give Tears of the Kingdom uh, my game of the year. Let's hand out some more awards. The next award is for Appetizer Game of the Year. I've talked before how I, I like to start a game, an evening of gaming with an appetizer game that's a little bit smaller, like maybe a roguelike game like Splunky or Dead Cells, and then move on to my main course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to give the Appetizer Game of the Year to Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is not a knock mm-hmm. at the game. Mind you, uh, I just maybe I just realized that like I just like the 3D Mario games a little bit more. Like that's something I would get stuck into. Whereas with Mario Wonder, I could play a couple levels and I feel like I've gotten my fill of what I need for the time being. And then I'll move on to Baldur's Gate three or Spider Man two. Mm-hmm. I know Sam definitely got stuck into Mario Brothers Wonder. That was my second most played Switch game. You know, there all these uh, ways to see what your gaming timing sorted out you know based on whatever what who did that for a spotify or something but uh, yeah I, I looked at my switch one and it was like you know zelda which is a little deceptive for zelda because miranda and i split a copy of zelda for the first three weeks of it or something yeah. and then my personal my personal file has a hundred and something hours on it um but uh uh mario i was more than pikmin and fewer than uh you know Choose the kingdom 100 percent of it and you know to this day like when i watch this video like this game looks crappy to me <laughs> and I think that uh, when I show it to my friends, if you start at the beginning, they're like, well, this is the game you like. And I'm like, no, no, just just trust me. We'll just skip ahead because you don't <clears> understand <throat> what the game is until it's in your hands. And I mm-hmm. still think it previewed awfully and it, it turned out much better than I expected. And I just think it's so cool. But that's what happens. Games preview bad. They look bad. And they don't, Nintendo doesn't want to show you the cool stuff. Right. So that's what happens. It's great. Game. It's a great game. I like it a lot. It's my appetizer game of the year. Uh, the next award is Pixels or It Didn't Happen. It's the, the Pixels or It Didn't Happen award recognizes outstanding achievements in pixel art. The second runner-up is going to be Sea of Stars, a game that I, mm-hmm. I've like downloaded and booted up, but have yet to really like dive into yet. It has very nice pixel art, and everyone speaks very highly of it. I think it won Indie Game of the Year. At- I have that game. I can't wait to play it. Yeah. I, need a, I need a flight. I need to play it on a flight. Mm. Second runner-up will be Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, uh, an- yeah. another one of my favorite games of the year. But the winner will go to Octopath Traveler 2, which is, uh, you know, obviously a very modernized take on pixel art, but it still it just looks, it looks incredible. I can't believe that game has ray tracing on PS5. That's mm-hmm. something that I'm only about halfway through. I still want to return to that. That's a really, it's such a good game, and there's no level scaling in it. So that's one of the best Did parts. Did you get to try um, Live Alive last year? I, ha- I have not tried Live Alive yet. Okay. 
It's I good. think it's a, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's, it's a prototype for Octopath, but I think the remake ends up being a little bit better than the Octopath one, but I haven't played two. I wonder, yeah, I, mean, I have I'm something s- to shout out. Square Enix is like the only big publisher that's still doing pixel art. It's certainly like on this level. Well, I mean, they found, you know, such a winning formula of yeah. like, you know, it's nostalgic, but also gorgeous and modern. Like, you know, they cracked it, they figured it out. And like, at some point, this art style is going to not be be it anymore. Like, we're going to be over it. Like, we'll have seen it a dozen times. But like, for the time being, anytime there's a new kind of, what do they call it? 2D, HD, HD, 2D, whatever they call it. Like, it's just, it's the most beautiful thing, right? Like, yeah, it's so pretty. They're absolutely gearing <laughs> up for, to give Chrono Trigger this remake treatment, right? Oh, I hope, yeah. It must I hope so. Plus, it's just a super fun game to play. Uh, it's uh, it's my favorite thing where there are, there's no roadblock. The bosses will never be a roadblock because all I have to do is just go grind. And if I just spend enough time grinding, eventually I will be more powerful mm-hmm. than the boss. Yeah. Which games are they bringing out with this style? They're, are they doing a Dragon Quest? Is that right? There's a remake Dragon Quest coming out? I think I they are remaking Dragon Quest, but I don't remember which one offhand. It's like five or five, something. Five, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, is there anything else announced? Because like this is exciting to think about. Like, what if they are working towards Chrono Trigger? Like, it's it's really cool. Like, I I mean, obviously, I don't think they ever will do the Final Fantasies because they just did them as you know the pixel yeah. remasters. Is that what yeah. they're called? Yeah, and they're great. They they look nice and everything. But yeah, there's there's nothing like the the parallax added to that and the lighting effects. It's just it's just so eye catching. All right, the next is the Remade in My Image Award. There are two games this year that were already Damien games, but they got remakes, and they're both fantastic. Rendering the originals obsolete, I have no reason to ever revisit the originals now. The runner-up would be Dead Space, and then the winner, of course, would be Resident Evil 4. Both games I loved are just like, Resident Evil 4 is such a, a bigger game. Like, Res- mm-hmm. if, like, Dead Space is like the haunted house, and then or like mm-hmm. the haunted mansion, and then Resident Evil 4 is like all of Disneyland. <laughs> which includes Dis- the Haunted Mansion is just one part of it. That's a good. That was a good actually. first quarter to play those games back to back. It was really yeah. fun. Uh, the best Star Wars thing that was released this year. This is where we award the best Star Wars thing. It could be a game, a TV show, a movie. Just kidding. Star Wars isn't movies anymore. Oh, <laughs> best Star Wars thing released this year would be Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Another game. Man, that I, j- I still need to get back to. I think I made it about seventy five percent of the way through, and then other games came out. I know. I only get to 20% through. My my top is Ahsoka. I thought Ahsoka was great. I don't think you'll ever watch that, but trust me. I know. I, I, there's there's certain things, Sam, where you are the only person who has anything good to say about them. Like in the new Indiana Jones movie, too. You're the only person. That's, not what, the IG, that's yeah. not what the Scamescape fans say about me, Damon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Ahsoka a lot. I thought it was great. I, I think Ahsoka is a cool character. There's a bunch of cool, you know, awesome lady Star Wars badasses in that show and the ending is really neat of course they always introduce the uh the classic anakin stuff and that keeps on happening but it's good whenever it happens even though i don't like the prequels as much as some people i don't think it was I, great. i'm behind on let me see i didn't even finish last season of mandalorian mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I fell off yeah. like halfway through that i think i'm just i think well I'm the so book right. of boba fett is when people really dropped off mando oh, right because there's like three mando episodes it just switched. Book of Boba Fett is horrible. Yeah, that was really bad. Shout out to Until- Star Wars Visions season two, though. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the best use of live action in a game will go to Alan Wake 2. 
which we mm-hmm. talked about before when, when we were playing that. <laughs> I love the the live action TV show segments in there. Sam thought they were cheesy. I thought they were so clever. Well, and I think it's cool. great to give out the award though for the first time since 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Since not sure Shark. Let me using let me live tell action you. segments. As someone that hasn't and will not play Alan Wake two. I am deeply confused <laughs> anytime anytime I see like clips of like what is this awards show and what is this music and what is this like like the late night show and I yeah. don't, I don't, I'm like I'm so deeply deeply confused by like what this game is and what I'm seeing um I love it I I, I won't play it but boy yeah. it's a it's a fun game to like <laughs> to like admire from afar and watch clips of <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I'll break it down for anyone who's curious. If you don't want to hear spoilers about this, and now I like to skip ahead a couple minutes. But for anyone who's curious, so like um, in Alan Wake 2, Sam Lake, who's the head of Remedy, his his face is one of the main like side characters uh, in the game, except someone else does the voice, and it's the voice mm-hmm. of Max Payne. But it's yeah. Sam Lake whose face you see, which is already kind of funny. But then mm-hmm. when you start playing as Alan Wake, because you start playing as the FBI agent first, when it switches to Alan Wake, he's having this like nightmare sequence where he's going on a talk show to promote a new book that he doesn't remember writing. Mm-hmm. And then their guest is Sam Lake, actual Sam Lake, for, like from Remedy, playing himself and, and, now. And it's, it's, the, the dream has switched to re- real life uh, video. And now, like yeah, and now it's yeah, live action. And it's just now it's just Sam Lake being Sam Lake in his own video game. And it's, oh, it's, it's really, really good. And then it switches back to being a video game yes. from that set. But on, on the set and then in other parts of the game, TVs are playing real life recordings, live action. So, yes. so yeah. you can see like the, more of the interview and live action, maybe more of the show or like in other parts, there's these ads for with these. And isn't Swedish it all guys, like it? so? Like they don't. So the, so Remedy made um, Max Payne, right? But they yep. can't. But, but Rockstar owns Max Payne. Max Payne. Yes. But isn't there and, some clearly Max Payne thing in the game? But they have to call it something different. Isn't there some like action? There is also like a one of the characters from his books is being turned. He's getting a movie, and that's what they're like announcing on the TV show. And then later on in the game, there's like movie posters up, and then he starts seeing like visions of what happened in the movie with that character and it's like a dark and gritty like crime thriller right. with heavy rain falling so yeah it's kind of i guess those are like the max Payne vibes i love that i love that it's all connected to control like i wish like i you know if you don't know on uh, scoop fans like i don't i just i really have a distaste for spooky games and horror games i'm not interested in it and so but like the like i just so admire what they've done with alan wake and control it may like maybe look maybe i'll turn all the lights on Maybe I'll bop it down to easy and just then just have a good time going through the game. Yeah. Well, it is a it's also like a, an absolutely gorgeous game. The stuff they do with the, the lighting in, in Alan Wake 2 is incredible. And I hope people are playing it because like yeah. from NPD numbers, things look a little bit dire. I know that's not the whole story, but like yep. I don't know. Some analysts uh, at Circana, which is formerly NPD, are, are sort of like theorizing that the game sure could have used a retail release and then there's also the fact that for pc it's only available on epic store not mm-hmm. steam and that could also be hurting it yeah it'll, i don't know if we're gonna do an audience go ahead justin uh, i was just saying it'll find an audience mm-hmm. i think i mean i think through time especially in like when sales and discounts and when it shows up on playstation plus and game pass sure all that. but fantastic game okay the game that most surprised me this year was spider-man 2 
only because my hype level wasn't very high going into that. Like I said, I played a little bit of Spider-Man 1. I thought it was mm -hmm. fine. I, it didn't like super impress me. And then I did not play Miles Morales at all. So, I, But when I jumped into Spider-Man 2, I was, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I love this game. But <laughs> it's just weird because now I sort of had the opposite experience that a lot of other people on staff did where yeah. they were really excited about it. And then they felt like Spider-Man 2 was a little bit too similar to the two experiences that they've had before. But to me, it felt very fresh. And I loved it. I think that's the game. Baldur's Gate 3 will probably overtake it, but this is the game I spent the most time with on my PS5 this year. Yeah, I think building out a Marvel universe around the Spider-Man game would be like the coolest thing ever. If Wolverine crosses over at all, that'd be really cool. And if anything else gets set in this, you know, Blade accepted, I think that would be really neat. Because the more comic booky this this series is, the better it is. And the more that draws from like, a bunch of crazy stuff that you don't know anything about the, the C tier characters. I just think it's, it's funny. And then now that they have like the big ones like Venom, it's, it's much better. Mm -hmm. The Hunter stuff was terrible. Yeah. I, I agree with all that. Re a, a very weird portrayal of Craven the Hunter. And I like, I mean, I, I may have mentioned this on scoop before, but I never got tired. I, I played probably half the game and like, I never got tired of them being like, Hey, Spider-Man, come over here. Hey, thanks, Spider-Man. And they each just call each other Spider-Man. <laughs> to each other. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. They're both they're very good at keeping their secret identities, except for their their best buddies. Everybody yeah. knows who they and are. That, see, cool. the reason that that works is because there's two of them. So mm -hmm. if someone's calling you Spider-Man, then you know it's the other one. But once once there's more than two Spider-Men, then you yeah. can't get away with that anymore. Yeah. Which tends to happen in these Spider-Verses, right? Correct. Um, and speaking of surprises, uh, we'll take a little sidestep. Let's take a little. Wait, hold on, Damon, Damon, yeah. Damon, Damon, Damon. What's your award for best Spider-Man suit? Oh man, uh, it's got to be one, one, of, one of them from the uh, the movies. I just, it, it's so cool that they like got those working in the game to look like they mm -hmm. would in the movies. Like the the noir Spider-Man is really good, and then I think Miles Morales is like first costume that he makes in Into the Spider-Verse. That's in there too. I think I'd go with black costume, but the webbed version. So there's like a <clears throat> webbed exterior to the black costume. That's like a really cool '90s feeling Spider-Man. Love it. I also like the, the anti-venom suit that you get late in game two. That looks really cool. That's the white one. That one is cool. Yeah. Okay, Gaiden. Uh, the show, the TV show that most surprised me this year was Gen V. I was not mm. voice spinoff. I was not expecting much out of Gen V, but it's like. Mm -hmm. it's still it's right up there with the same quality of the boys nice i can't it's wait very to watch good. it I don't, I, either of you haven't watched it yet no well it's i like, always have to con it's so gory that i always have to like you know build it up and be like, okay watch this but it's going to be a really good plot driven show it's this one's more positive and then we'll watch it but it takes that <laughs> much to build up. it is also very gory that's not uh, a negative for me but it's like it like totally just expands on the boys universe and it's additive to it it doesn't feel like like filler that's just spinning its wheels it introduces interesting new superheroes and then uh arnold schwarzenegger's son is in it what i started scavengers <laughs> reign too by the way it was the first episode oh, yeah, i still really need to do that isn't it I crazy that okay. yeah it's totally crazy you're totally right about alien life being portrayed in really interesting ways yep damon you'll you'll love it it like it's that. not it's not a slow burn show. It opens strong and then just stays strong. <laughs> Certainly cool. do. I'll do that on on Pear's recommendation. Last night I started Blue Eye Samurai. Yeah, I'm gonna watch so that far. too. What's yeah. the what is where is what is the, what is that show? What is it? So animated, 
about 1600s Japan when they've closed their borders. They don't want any foreigners inside. And then it's following a samurai who has two secrets. One, she is a woman and she's hiding that from people. And also she's mixed race. So she has blue eyes and she also has to hide that from people too. And she's on a mission cool. of revenge and it's animated. The animation is great and it's super violent. And there's lots of both male and female nudity and it's super fun. Wow. My wife's been trying to figure out Netflix is pushing blue eyes samurai onto her crazy mm. hard. Like we each have our <laughs> own profiles to not corrupt yeah. each other's Netflix recommendations. Mm. She's like, it's been showing me this show for like 10 days. Like we're trying to figure out what is it in her watch history that makes Netflix think that like, yes, you would like this. I mean, I guess if she's ever watched any anime, maybe they would think that the, my first impression was like, what, well, wait a minute. Why is this in English? And I can't, you can't, there's no Japanese language track. I was like, what? <clears throat> so the reason, as I understand it, is it's a, it's a Western production. It's not a Japanese production. It's made by, like, well, Japanese Americans. Maybe is she a Bridgerton fan? Maybe it's historical nudity. Yeah, maybe that could be. <clears throat> There's, I, I never realized how I was at my mom's house and uh, was on her Netflix. And then that was when I realized what Netflix had accomplished. We're like, my mom's Netflix, she lives in a parallel universe where it's completely, completely different than my Netflix. <laughs> it's all like It's all, like, British detective shows. <laughs> just just dozens of them and whereas like you know i'm always getting you know i'm getting the same stuff everybody else at ign is getting all the sci-fi and fantasy and animated stuff i love it paris said it, told me he said it had kill bill vibes and sure it does you know basically with its revenge story and using animation and its japanese setting sure but they even go so far they use that big music cue from kill kill bill the one that everybody knows they use that in like the first or second episode so it's a little bit on oh. the nose in that respect interesting the, the five, six, seven, eights or a different one? No, the bam, bam, bam. Oh, funny. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that is on the nose. Show looks great, though. I like how it looks. Is it Western animation? Yeah, so it's a Western animation. And then I believe she picks up a sidekick, and I believe the sidekick is Hiro from the show Heroes. Man, remember Heroes? Remember season one of Heroes? Yeah, so good. Okay, getting back to games. The next award is the Thank God I Had This Game for My Trip to Germany Award. We're going to give that one to Pikmin <laughs> for this yeah, year. Yeah, it's such a good plane game. Oh, God. I played it the whole ride there, and then I played it when I could not sleep and was up all night with jet lag, playing it from like yep. 9 p.m. till 4 a.m. in the morning, and then played it the entire flight home. Pikmin 4 mm -hmm. is one of the yeah. absolute best games of the year. Great. Man, I, I'm not sure, like, just the way that Scoop, I'm not sure how much I talked about Pikmin 4 on Game Scoop, just the way our schedules shook out. But, like, I played through, I, I, I didn't 100% that game because it gets surprisingly hardcore at the end. Like, Damon, I don't know if you did the the challenges you, at the very you end. You need 100 game. purple Pikmin or 1,000 purple Pikmin or something for one of them or something <laughs> well, like that. Well, to that get the final crazy. treasure, yeah, you need to do that. And then there's these ultra hard challenges where, like, it's such a weird, like, you know, 99% of that game is just like breezy, easy Pikmin time. And then it's like, it's down to the second optimization to like, to beat these final challenges. And it's like so satisfying and so great. It's like this dream. Like, I really love Pikmin 1 through 3. And I just, I never thought we would get like a higher budget, longer, like bigger in yeah, scope. I know. Pikmin 4. And then we It's did, absolutely and, perfected the, 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 the Pikmin series, huh? Right. It is. It has perfected the Pikmin series. And like... Look, I really love Nintendo. I really love Miyamoto. But the company sometimes has a habit of like, we're going to give you Pikmin 4, but it's going to be weird and not what you asked for. <laughs> whereas, yeah. like, whereas yeah. Pikmin 4 was just like, great. It was just exactly what we asked for. 
Oh, so good. I love the dog upgrade too. It really right? helps. Yep. The dog is great. The charging from the Oh no, that person just lost a lot of Pikmin. <laughs> when that caterpillar rolls, you gotta be on your dog. Yep. Ochi, save me. Come, yeah. And they've kind of eliminated the frustration that would come with the the day cycle, like trying to complete things before the day was done. It's not annoying mm-hmm. anymore. No. Mm-hmm. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Okay, the next award is for best kill gag, and it's a little bit unusual year. I don't. There's not not a lot that just like stood out to me as being a, that was a great kill gag. But I've got I've got a few picks. So my third runner up will be uh, Rick the door technician. Are you guys familiar with Rick the door technician? From what? This is in uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's a joke boss where like it's after uh, it's it's oh well you know, yes. pretty far through the game where you you've just gone through this gauntlet of encounters. And you probably are low on health and you have not been able to meditate and save yet. And then you open this door and there's a, a stormtrooper there. And let's see, I think he's like a scout trooper. And then he gets like a full like boss life bar fills up and you're like, oh my God, do I have to do another boss fight right now? But then it turns out it's just, he's just a regular grunt and you can kill him with one hit. Yeah. So, so it's just a little goofy yeah. thing. And then you, then you're able to meditate right after that. <laughs> so it's, it's just a totally uh-huh. funny joke boss. It's like, it's a moment where the developers are like directly communicating to the player and being like, I see you this, you know, I know you've gone through a lot just now. This is just a little joke. Before so you clever. Say. Love it. It's great. That's really good. Uh, second runner up is interesting. This is Gen V and it's not exactly a kill. And so if you don't want to have this, it's a, it's a, it's a shocking moment in Gen V. So if you don't want this spoiled for you, you can skip ahead. But so, I'm going to split it for you guys. Uh, the main character, her ability is she can like control blood, even mm-hmm. if the blood is in your You've body. Seen this in the trailers, so, yeah. And it, so she's in a bad situation where this uh, creep is like going to assault her. So she like forces all the blood in his body to go into his penis, and it bursts. <laughs> yeah, and you get like an up close shot of that happening. So it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. I've never seen you don't that think happen if, before. You don't think it's a kill if she used all of his blood? Well, that's the thing. So he he's fine. You see him like a day or two later and he's just he's fine. He's just like up walking around. He can even run because he's being chased by them because he's like he's a 
being part of the story. So it's like, okay, I know that might not be a death sentence, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be at least bedridden for a while if that were to happen to you. You're not just going to be up walking and running. Yep, there you go. Yep, Thank you, Red, our producer. Boy, I I sure hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Well, it just it, it, like yeah, it, yeah. No, it, no, I get it. I'm, I, it lessened the impact yeah. of that moment to see that it apparently didn't affect him at all. I don't know. No, God. Like, yeah, no. It. it I'm not even going to comment on it. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going into that, but Gen V actually has a lot of shocking moments that I can't say I've seen happen before. Uh, yeah, they really then, like the producers of that show stretch gore more than anybody creatively creativity that I watch right now, at least. Yes, over and over yep. again. They do. I appreciate that for it. Uh, I appreciate it for that. My first run up will be uh, John Wick in the the Hotline Miami top down sequence when he's got like incendiary shotgun blast and he's just point blank setting people on fire with a shotgun. Uh, that was all very satisfying to me. Isn't it so weird that like they didn't like we're like, you know, like it came up in interviews and stuff. They're like, were you inspired by Hotline Miami? And they were like, no, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like I, I believe the them. Like I believe that they arrived at it. I don't think that they're like lying or withholding, you know. But like, it's so hotline Miami, and then yeah. to find out that they didn't, you know, that it's a coincidence, this was just interesting. Yeah, mm. it's great. That was a great sequence. They're like, we but thought I, we were I, making berserk, <laughs> um, or uh, uh, Smash TV, I guess. Uh, I, but I guess I have to give the best kill gags. Uh, award to the game, the the kill gags, the game this year, which is Mortal Kombat One. Sure, and all of its many many fatalities. Yeah, you know, I've watched Ijin's video has every fatality in Mortal Kombat One. I've watched it. It's I can't even I can't even just pick one. There's not like one that stands out that's clearly better than the rest. They're all they're did, just all did great. Did you see the disgusting. Thanksgiving update? Yeah, I did. There's a Christmas <laughs> one now, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the Christmas one if it's out yet, but I saw the Thanksgiving one. In. So yeah, Mortal Kombat 1 has got to have the best kill gags in it for sure. They're all good. Um, and then the game that has the best finishing moves that isn't Mortal Kombat 1, I'll give huh? to Spider-Man 2. Because yeah. all those finishing moves are super satisfying. There's a lot of them. I never got tired of seeing them. And then they even add in more as you get deeper into the game. It's great. Was, one was, of my was it Cardi that made the video about how these people are definitely dead? Spider-Man is absolutely killing... <laughs> people in that game yeah. I mean, like when you have like a, a a hunter encounter on top of a building like what do you think happens to the hunters that he kicks off the building <laughs> well the the can there is a cannon one for that and that's that they're covered in webs so they they're sticking on a string down the side of the building but yeah. there isn't a cannon response for it taking a sewer cover yeah. swinging yeah. it around in a hundred foot radius and whacking somebody <laughs> in the face with it it's like, like just no yeah. that's just, just shooting somebody with a gun at that point our just let them ball. let them rob the jewelry store, man. It's insured. Like you don't <laughs> you don't need to kill that guy. I also I also liked all the stealth stuff in that game. As ridiculous as it is that you know he's just you're either you're, when you're Peter or Miles, you're just tying them up and they're just hanging like five feet off the ground, and none of the enemies <laughs> can look up and see them. Even yeah. though that's ridiculous, I think the stealth stuff is still really fun. I agree. It is great. Okay, this is the award for the exception that proves the rule that I don't care about stories and games. And this mm-hmm. award will go to Baldur's Gate 3, mm-hmm. which just probably maybe has the best writing of any game ever. And I'm happy to I'm happy to just sit and listen, talk to everyone and, and listen to what everyone has to say because there's the writing is all great. There's so much of it. It's so well performed. They've like done bespoke um, uh, facial animation for every, you know, f- or facial capture for 
every side character and conversation that you have. It's really, really good. But of course, it's the exception that proves the rule. So I still don't care about stories and games. I mean, we, Damon, you're probably, what, 20 hours into Baldur's Gate? Oh, no, 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 no. Like More? 40, 45 hours. And so you're probably, like, around now getting to the point where, like, you know what's happening. That guy? <laughs> in uh, so game. that guy? I'm doing stuff for that guy now. Yeah. What, That's Catholic? where I am in the game. Yeah. So, like, you, you haven't met the big bad guy. You haven't met. So it, it pulls off this uh, this kind of high wire act of, like, the game takes so long to sort of reveal the machinations of like you know who is the villain and what are they trying to do and what's their plan and what's your part in stopping it like you play that game dozens of hours without knowing any of that but those dozens of hours don't feel listless or aimless or boring like it it it, it it's it's really fascinating in hindsight how act one is like so low stakes and you don't really know anything about, you know, trying to stop some big evil bad guys plot. Oh yeah. Like all you're trying to do is get this thing out of your head. That's yeah. your only goal. And so it, the, the, the sort of arc of like how it transitions from a personal story of like, you have this thing in your head and you're trying to get rid of it. And then it changes into sort of a heroic story. And um, it kind of, it, it, it's fascinating in hindsight. Like if I ever replay the game, I want to pay, special attention to that like how are those layers of that onion peeled back cool so that's different than ganon is the bad guy and he's a big pig, <laughs> pig demon always yep <laughs> um did you do this? sorry david did you do that owlbear stuff we were watching the b-roll of yep. fighting the owlbear yep yeah i did that actually i think maybe i did that and died and then so started i just did something different the second time around maybe <clears throat> sure. that's, that was pretty early on in the game for me Okay, the next is Ward. The most, the most surprisingly touching moment this year. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big softie. So the runner up here is Mario and Luigi's bromance in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I just watched this movie again last night, and like, oh. I, I think both um, Chris Pratt and Charlie Day are they do a great job as the brothers, and I really believe that they care and love about it, love each other. I thought I think it's really well done. Mm -hmm. You know, but the winner. Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, there you go. The winner of the most surprisingly touching moment is, of course, Jordan Mechner chatting with his dad at their family <laughs> piano in the making of Karataka. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Best dad of the year. The making of Karataka is an incredible package. And I, the, these interviews that they did with Jordan Mechner's dad are such a treasure. Yeah. So if I was giving out awards that were, you know, but even though there's only one set of awards for, for games every year, if I were giving out awards, I would give some to, to making of Karataka. I thought it was that good. Yeah. Karataka, whatever. Awesome, awesome package. Okay, now we have a guest award. Now it's time for Justy, the, the Justy for Best Garlic-like of the year. I 100% forgot <laughs> you were going to ask me to do this. Um, shit. Uh, oh, man. Okay, well. It's just it's the original, right? Yeah, no, because Vampire Survivors isn't from this year. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, late, I, was, I think it was December 2022. The best, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, automated survival shooter or, you know, vampire survivors like uh, the Justy Award goes to Halls of Torment. Halls of Torment. It's really, really good. I, like, here's the deal is like all of these games, if you were to bullet out their features and functions, they're all identical. They're exactly the same on paper. <laughs> but then they like how they feel and like the arc of like, you know, does your character get powerful too quickly or, or too slowly or their runs too long or too short or what's your movement speed? Like, you know, the devil is in the details of how it plays and how it feels 
And this one is just perfect. Like all the weapons feel perfect. All the enemies feel perfect. Like there's a million character classes. They all feel perfect. And if you're watching this B-roll, if you're watching the show, as this isometric art style that what it's aping is Diablo 1. Like mm-hmm. Diablo 1, oh. Diablo 2. That's the style of it. And That's um, funny. So again, it's a little bit hard to explain like what makes one survival-y game good and another one not good but it's just in it's in that juice it's in that game feel and like mm. halls of torments is really really perfect it's great well here's hoping it comes to consoles it's still <laughs> the thing and i actually i try to avoid early access games um not like as a rule but like you know it's like i like to wait because sometimes i play through a whole game and then they're like you know we added an equipment system i'm like no guys like i already played this game <laughs> And so, but this, this is the rare exception of like, it's in early access, but doesn't feel, you know, it feels very complete, very Mm -hmm. satisfying, great game. Cool. Thank you for that, Justin. And then I want to recognize old games that I kept playing this year. I think I played Marvel Snap probably every day of the year. (laughs) I still play Hearthstone, but that has become a weekend game for me because Mm. uh, my daughter still naps on the weekends, but my son does not. Uh, even though he naps at school, but he won't nap on the weekends for us. So when we put her down for a nap, the three of us lie in bed and play on our iPads for quiet time. And that's when I play Hearthstone. <laughs> nice. And then also Slay the Spire came to Apple Arcade this year. So I ended Ooh. up playing a lot of Slay the Spire on my iPad. And then in uh, October and November, I played a lot of Darkest Dungeon, as I mentioned before. But I was also kind of reminded, though, at, like as much of, as I've, I've played that game on both PS4 and now PS5 and on Switch, there's always a point when I just sort of like peter out because like, you're leveling up your characters. Whenever they survive a run, they're leveling up, and eventually they'll refuse to do the earth, the easier runs. And they just won't. They just won't do it. And to really progress, you know, to get to, uh, towards Darkest Dungeon, you have to defeat these certain bosses, and they don't show up every run. So you're just kind of like you'll end up times where, like you just kind of you're like spinning your wheels, and just like I, I want to like progress. I, I just think they should dole out one of those bosses every single run, so you have that option to take it. Uh, there's the end of the, the final ten hours of that game are pretty grindy. Yeah, um, uh, Darkest Dungeon Two is out now, waiting for it to come to consoles. Hopefully, they've fixed some of that. Do we, Damon? What does your son play on his iPad? Well, so he has an Amazon Fire, Got it. and we we um, subscribe to the like whatever the it's just like a kids package. It's like five bucks a month, and then they just have like a curated amount of games and apps that are appropriate for his age. And he nice. he is, I mean, I, he's hundreds of stuff on there. But then when he he'll also play on our iPads, and I, I think I mentioned in Apple Play, there's a Crayola like coloring mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. Yep. and this is a pro tip for parents on Apple Arcade. This I think it's called Create and Play, yep. and it is awesome there's so much stuff to do in it i can't believe how much cool stuff they packed into this one app for kids like they can color um and then that you're also like completing objectives and earning eggs that unlock little like uh friends for you and then you can color your friends different colors and then there's videos to watch of things like uh (laughs) crayons melting into different colors and making cool patterns and he likes to just watch that so it's an awesome app did you ever do that in preschool we used to melt crayons. I remember, I remember doing that for some type of art. Yeah, the, yeah. They, my kids did do that in art, and my daughters also love Crayola Crate and Play. It's a big win. Um, Damon, you're probably pretty close to you're pre- getting pretty close to Minecraft. I'm just going to say. I mean, if he's four. I don't know. I see, he's not aware of it yet. Mm. I'm sure it'll be someone at school that turns him onto it. But no Minecraft, no Roblox yet. Thank God. Not looking forward to any of that. The Roblox you got to look out for. Minecraft is great. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not against Minecraft. I have an everyday game to recommend. The uh, New York Times games are all good. I mean, their crossword's amazing and world is great and all that stuff. But they launched a new one this year called Connections, and it's fantastic. It's so good, dude. I do it almost every day. The editor, she's so smart. It's like it? it has funny jokes that you don't get until like, you yep. know, you stare at it for five minutes and it's really, really good. Is it free to play or do you need a subscription? I don't know. I don't know how that it's, works. I have a subscription. I think it's still free. So do, do, can we take a sec to explain the rules of the game, Damon? Sure, sure. Do you want to do it, Sam? Yeah, I'll try. So it gives you a grid of 16 words and um, those words, each uh, group of four have an association. So it might be a prefix to a, a, a bunch of other word, uh, you know, might, might share a prefix, or they might just have something like to do with golf, or they might have something to do with pinball. And they're like, they, but then like certain words are synonyms that really overlap with the other ones. So you have to kind of like unravel it all in your brain being like, what are the actual associations here? And they trick you have you. to make like, you have to make four sets of four words from those 16. And so like, it'll be like, Turkey and Canada and Peru. And you're like, okay, it's all countries. But then you're like, wait a second. But there's also Turkey and stuffing and gravy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, which one does Turkey go with? Like, you don't know. You have to like split up the words. And sometimes you think you have it figured out, but then you're like, wait, no, I've made a mistake somewhere yeah. because these four words that I have left don't go together. And so they all associate in some other way to make four sets of four. And then sometimes so you get down to like, you do your three sets of four and then your last one, you're like, I have no idea yep. what these have to do with each other. And I love just staring at it and trying to figure that out. And it, it, they add new rules sometimes where you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that could be one. Like, you know, like they each have a silent O-U-G-H is like, you know, something that mm -hmm. you would be, it'd be obvious, but sometimes it's some other vowel. It's just, it's really clever. It's great. Yep. And it's every day. <laughs> Okay, moving on to some movie awards. I had to add a new category this year. This one's painful. It pains me, uh, everyone out there in Scoop Nation. I had, a, I had to add an award for best movie I haven't seen yet. And that will obviously go to Godzilla Minus One. Yeah. I know. I know I just, it's, it's when you have two young kids and a wife that does not want to spend a date night on a Godzilla movie, it's hard yeah. to get away to see it, but. I will. I'll, I'll make the time eventually. And by all accounts, it's just like not only a great Godzilla movie. It's apparently like the best action movie of the year. Just go right now, dude. Like we're gonna like this game scoop's gonna wrap up. Hang, yeah. close your computer and leave. Go to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Popcorn lunch. It's Friday afternoon. I know. I know. I will see it. I will. I will see it absolutely. Um, okay. The next award is for the best movie that in no universe deserves to have a 46 on Metacritic. And that is the Super Mario Brothers movie. This movie is fantastic. Like I said, I just watched oh, it again last night. Those are any, like, whatever. Sure. Is it a cinematic masterpiece? No, but it's great. And like only a joyless, soulless individual would give it <laughs> a 46. Cause that means that on yeah, average yeah. critics rated lower than 46. Like, come on. I can it's, see it's Rebel Moon. That's how bad it is. Wow. There's, yeah, some, here. there's some nuance here of like a 46 on Rotten Tomatoes. I would understand because the way Rotten Tomatoes works is like, yeah. if it's a mildly negative review, then it's rotten. And if it's a mildly positive review, then it's tomato, whatever the opposite of rotten is. And like, I could see every critic being like kind of meh and then it ends up rotten. But like Metacritic's average is different. That's an actual yeah. numerical average. And so yeah. that seems very, very low for Mario yeah, on that so. platform. It's a super fun movie. I think all the performances are great. You get to see 
Kid Icarus being played, like, so this is the best, the best experience I had going to the movies this year, easily, because mm-hmm. I took my son, who was three at the time. Yeah. You get to see Kid Icarus playing on the movie screen. Just things like uh, Luigi's phone having the GameCube uh, opening screen as, a, as his ringtone. Donkey Kong coming out to the DK rap was amazing. Charles Martinet's uh, mini cameos that he has in the movie. Having the actress from the original, the Mario Brothers Super Show, make a cameo appearance in it, it's, it's so good. And I can't believe uh, how many cool references to classic uh, Nintendo stuff made it in there. It was great. I mean, I we're agree. probably not too far away. It's like they're, they're surely going to want these movies coming out every couple of years. It's like Mario Movie 2 is probably going to be announced pretty soon. I mean, they announced the, the live-action Zelda first. So I don't yeah. know. Okay, the best twist ending. And of course, this could be... You know, we're in spoiler territory here. It could be even a spoiler to know what the winners are here. So if you don't want to know at all, you could just skip ahead. Uh, but the runner-up is going to be for No One Will Save You. Have either of you watched this movie? No, no. but I know it has a crazy ending. And, I mean, it's a kind of a crazy movie. It's very good. Sam, you should totally watch it. It's got one half of the Booksmart Girls is the lead. Oh, really? Yep. Love, yep. The love that cast. It's yep. funny. Right, I'm I, see, now streaming? I'm so intrigued. It's on Hulu. Yep, it's that's that's her. sweet. Um, and it, so th- this is a movie where it's best to go in not knowing too much. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's it, and so there's a twist ending, and not, so I don't. I I actually won't, don't want to spoil that for you guys. Who haven't seen that, but um, that's what I've seen. I'm super intrigued just because I've seen the discourse around like the ending yeah. of this movie is crazy, and now it's yep. like ooh, that's so good. And so when awesome. it starts, it's like there's it's intriguing from the from the right right from when it starts, and you're like, what's going on? You you don't know what's going on, but you want to know why. And then as the movie unfolds, you're like, holy shit. And it's great. <laughs> awesome. So that I'm was the runner up. My break watch list. That's so cool. Yeah. That was the runner up, but I'll give the winner to Across the Spider-Verse. Which I think is great. Yeah, I need to watch the second ahead. half of that. Oh, you haven't watched it yet, Sam? No, I watched the first half of it, but I okay. watched it on Well, then I also plane. won't spoil that for you here. But. No, no, it's fine. Go have, go for it. I, I really, really want to hear what happens in it. I probably Wait, have you, have you seen it, Justin? No. So oh, okay. maybe let's not. Okay. Yeah, okay. I won't. But Across the Spider-Verse is great. One of the best movies I saw this year. And even though it's the middle part of a trilogy, it has a really surprising ending. That I think was really well done. I'm putting that on my to-watch list, too, just to finish it up. All right. The most tense scene. The runner-up runner is for No One Will Save You. And I would say it's the first sort of the first home invasion scene. That's not too much of a spoiler. That was in the tra- trailer. The first home invasion scene, I think, in that uh, movie is very, very tense. But I have to give uh, the winner probably the, the, the most tense uh, moment I had watching a movie. I, was, I think I was literally on the edge of my seat was uh, the Trinity test in Oppenheimer. Oh, wow. The test, doing that first bomb test. That is an amazing sequence. And I think uh, it's... I, I think the kind of the problem with that movie is that that's the emotional climax of the movie. And then it just goes on and on and on <laughs> with just people talking in rooms and it's much less, you know, interesting. It's like, I mean, it's important. It's, it's real history, but it's like, I don't know, it's kind of maybe shift things around and, and kind of end on the, the most like tense and exciting part. Mm-hmm. And I just love like, it's so fascinating to me. Like they do this incredible test and then the U S government is like, okay, thank you. We'll take it from here. And they just take the bombs away. And then everyone there just has like, they just have to wait just like every other civilian to wait just just to read about it on the news that these bombs that they made have been used on human beings halfway across the world crazy crazy great completely wow. insane. 
Yeah, what a what a film, man! No, Christopher Nolan. Like, less do you think that like the director attached to a product project doesn't matter? It's like it's just a masterclass. Yeah, yeah I like we don't. I like these auteur directors. You know, I like Nolan. I like Tarantino. Uh, and as a side note, I finally watched Violent Night, which came out last year, uh, and it's overall a pretty mediocre Die Hard ripoff. However, there is there is one really good kill gag towards the end. So okay, it's at least watch worth it for that. Okay, the f- moving into TV, the funniest TV show that isn't I Think You Should Leave. The runner-up <laughs> runner I'll give to Never Have I Ever, which I know Sam likes. Yeah, uh, really And that, that concluded this year. Um, uh, that's just very funny and charming teenage comedy that I highly Amazing there. ending, too. It wrapped up all that. these teenagers, and they all look like teenagers still, and it was so good. I know. They, able to just, like- they just finished it before they got too old, and mm-hmm. I love how each season is just one year of their high school. Yep. And then they're done. It's good. Uh, but the winner is, uh, is for Platonic on Apple TV Plus, and that's yeah. the Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne show. I gotta watch that. They're reteaming. They were they did the Neighbors movies together, and they have great chemistry together. And it's not it's Platonic, so it's like not a romantic comedy. It's just like they're yeah. both adults. They were they were old friends. They sort of like disconnected, and they reconnect. And they're both their lives are both kind of like a mess for different reasons. Kind of like both having sort of midlife crisis crises for different reasons, and then they reconnect and they get together. Just but like when they get together, it's just like, like it's just a shit show, and it totally reminds me of like when I get together with my high school friends, and <laughs> my wife tells me I like I lose fifteen IQ points every time I'm hanging out with my. <laughs> it's like that. It's great, and it's like it's just I think it's eight or ten episodes, and it's just it feels like a good long comedy movie. It doesn't it, there's not going to be a season two? I don't think the one off thing, one off thing. It's great. Uh, okay, this, the next award is the best Usher kid death. Of course, well, from the fall of the House of Usher, which is great on Netflix this year, um, and that's that's, that's what that's what the whole show is. Every episode, one of those Usher kids is gonna go. <laughs> and I like this series. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I'm gonna give uh, the best one to Camille. She was the PR, uh, the head of a PR firm, and she's she's well. Spoilers if you want to cut ahead. She's mauled by a chimpanzee, and I think uh, it's also it's like the first time you see the the death character, uh, sort of like the main girl who plays many different roles in the show, and she's supposed to be death coming for all the different members of the Usher family. It's sort of like the first time you get an idea of what she is and what's happening, and I love how you see the actress talking until Camille, the character, holds up her phone, and you see it's actually like the chimpanzee that's stalking her, and then she's mauled to death. Anyway, it's a great scene. I loved it. Did you guys, yeah. did either of you finish that one? I did, yeah. Um, I, I, the first Usher child's death. I can't remember his name. That's the one that, that was the, out in my mind. That's the sprinklers. He gets melted yeah. into a big pile of goop. Yeah, and along with it's a lot of other people. Pretty gross. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you didn't finish it, Sam? No, I'll watch yeah. it though. I mean, okay. I hate chimpanzees and I hate chimpanzee mauling stories. Well, the 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 brutalness of it happens off camera, but. Mm-hmm. You do get to see the aftermath of what Camille looks like afterward. There's that. Yeah. They usually don't have a face or arms. Yeah, pretty much all of that. Yeah. Uh, okay, the best episode of TV let, uh, this year. There's a few uh, runner-ups and a winner. So the, th- the second runner-up I'll give to The Last of Us, episode three, long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everyone universally. Great, great episode. Great yeah, show. Really like that episode. The first runner-up I'll give to Succession, season four, episode three, which is Connor's Wedding. Oh, I thought you were going to say the finale. Well, I mean, I think it ended super well. 
Of course, yeah. spoilers. If you want to jump ahead, Connor's wedding is when Logan Roy dies, and it's just I think they like from the very beginning of the show when they introduce Rogan, uh, Logan Roy, he's like you know he's not in good health, and eventually he's going to have to you know either step down or he's going to pass away, and that's what the whole show's about. Like who's going to succeed him? So from the very beginning of the show, the writers gave themselves kind of a difficult problem. Like what are they going to do? Like do they do they write him a big dramatic death scene? Mm-hmm. You know, like but that's just like that's not realistic that's not mm-hmm. actually what happens for people like mm-hmm. for most of us like you get a call out of the blue like this person that you know or love like they're just gone like you didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to say goodbye there wasn't a big dramatic death scene they're just gone and that's how they handled it on the show and i think we the viewer like we watch it unfold just the way that logan that the the roy kids are learning about it and at first you're like wait is this real are they is this like a an, a, a cruel trick that logan roy is playing on his kids to get them to like go his way <laughs> and then eventually you're like wait no this is real he's just gone they none of them have a father anymore i think the way that they handled it was just perfect wow and then the next the award for best series finale again i'll get runner up to never have i ever which sam said it's great they just mm-hmm. they handled it well it didn't overstay its welcome Four seasons. And, and they great. kind yeah. of hint at the college years. Yeah. yeah, I mean they could, you know, they could pick it up somewhere down the line if they wanted to, but at least for now. They don't they don't need to. I think high school comedies are always going to be better than their college comedy counterparts, but they've tried those, don't, you know. I don't actually like I, I like the arc of the final season and sort of how it all goes, but the very <laughs> end <laughs> this, is not, this is not uh never have I ever. <laughs> well, nobody knows. <laughs> um, but I don't like I don't like the choice she makes at the end of the show. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to spoil mm. it for anybody. Like the relationship the, choice or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I think it worked out okay. Uh, but I think the best series finale would be Succession. Yeah, so yeah I think. But that, that's actually a show that went four seasons and I could have spent a little bit more time with that show, I think. Although, you know, it's better to. Leave money more. Yeah, better leave one more. What an incredible ending. The final 10 minutes of that oh, show I know. are I love, unbelievable. Like, yeah. Just the I show said, is like almost the whole series is almost done and you still don't know like what's going to happen really until the, the very very end and and then it's like oh it's like you think like you think for a second it's going to happen but then you look and there's like 35 minutes left and then you're like <laughs> oh no like this is not going to be good. Yeah. And then it, and then you know you know it's not going to be good and then it's so much worse than you think it's going to be. <laughs> Terrific show. Top tier. Top tier show. Perfect show. Only two awards left. Uh, the second to last award is the best reminder that, oh yeah, Harrison Ford is pretty good when he gives a shit. And that goes to Shrinking, Love also it. on Apple TV+. Plus. Absolutely adore that show. He's, he, and Harrison Ford is like the best he's been in years, I think, in that show. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the final award of the evening. Best new I think you should leave sketch. And man, there are so many nominees this year. <laughs> so season three, I think, is as good as season one. Like, there's so many good ones. Uh, man, I just, the runners up are Summer Loving. Uh, there's Silent Show, which I love. I, and I never talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Supermarket <laughs> Swap. <laughs> That's the VR TV show. But give me all that stuff. I'm all, I'm all <laughs> twisted up. I don't know how to. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to. I don't know how to move the body. I don't know how to move the body. What about um, maybe, maybe you're about to say breathe? <laughs> Psych to get in there. <laughs> Sorry, the show. This show will now devolve into us just quoting. I think you should leave. Uh, I think the first run up would have to be drive through from the yeah. season. I, I, I got something. I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to do something. Oh, just do it. You're rich. 
<laughs> oh, I can just run. <laughs> oh, man. No, but personally, my favorite uh, new, I think you should leave Sketch, which is designated driver or also known as the driving crooner. The driving crooner. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's the quote? So trying to kill me. They want to kill me. Or something. <laughs> they want to kill me, James. <laughs> Why do they hate it so much? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say um, the Metalloid Maniac. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't the, even. Um, the, wall is, is the wall it's is the, like his ground. <laughs> the guy's sticking to the wall. I like that there's a moment. That's not my favorite sketch, but the moment where they show the the recreation of the pig monster coming through yes, the, the yeah, dog I mean, door I love that one too. is yeah. really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that is real. That lives with us on Earth. <laughs> what a gem! And I think didn't we just learn? Like Netflix just shared some stats on shows, and like I think you should leave. Is it's not in the top like three thousand shows on Netflix? Come on, really? Well, is that <laughs> we for time about- watched? Because it's like only like yeah, a, a I mean, forty-five minute season. Maybe that's, a long season. Maybe that's the metric, but it's. I don't. I'm just so glad it's it's an absolute treasure. Yep. <laughs> 55 burgers, 55 fries, 55 shit. I mean, the whole thing is funny, but what I love is how he just pleads with that woman yeah, in yeah. front of her. He's like begging her, <laughs> please let me go. I'm trying, I'm trying to do something. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Um, all right, that's all I have. That's, that is the... The 2023 Damn Awards in the bag. And we got out before three and a half hours. Under three and a half hours. So. <laughs> before we jump to 20 questions, we gotta we have to mention E3 is now officially Rip. dead, even though it, it hasn't been around for years. The ESA very unceremoniously. Yeah. They just tweeted. It was just a tweet. They're like, after 28 years, we're ending E3. Thanks for your support. Yeah, I, you know, I think that our opinions on this trio, I mean, I guess I don't want to speak for you two, but like, you know, I loved E3. I think a lot of us on staff loved E3. Um, it was a big part of the reason why I wanted to be a games journalist. Um, you know, I can sort of follow the arc of my career through E3s, like the very first E3, like, there were six or seven of us crammed into one hotel room because the website I worked for I had no money and I slept on the floor. Um, and like, and I was so happy to be there, right? Yeah. Um, y- you know, uh, the spectacle of you know, we'll never it'll it, it'll never be replicated again because these companies will never allow themselves to like share if they're going to spend twenty million dollars on a booth in a big stage show, like they're going to have the day to themselves, right? So it's like. I think that we'll get that feeling back of like press conferences and game announcements and stuff, but it's never going to be condensed into like a three day extravaganza like that. Yeah. The last really three was 2019 and it did not have the participation of Sony and Nintendo didn't do a live show. They just did a Nintendo direct. And then of course there was pandemic 2021 or 2021. It was like, it's just an all digital E3, not the same thing. And then 2022 was supposed they hired read pop the PAX organizers, organizers to do it. And they still couldn't get it off the ground. Like the, the most qualified company to do that couldn't get it done. So I don't know. It seems to me that the ESA is just completely out of touch or terribly mismanaged. I don't know. 
So um, I think that my ultimate take, I might've mentioned this before, but I, I really think we all lose. And I, when I say we, I mean you, the people listening, because the, the reason that E3 existed originally was kind of silly. It was like, to, so, so Toys R Us and KB Toys and Target and everybody could go and play all the games of the fall and then put in a hard copy order for those games so they could know what to stock in their stores for that fall. So what did you have to do? You had to bring your game and make it look really good and then you had to put it out that fall. So like that's, that's you know, and then it, it, it expanded because press started attending and it became, well, this game is gonna come out in three years, we're gonna hype it now. And, but they still had playable games. And when we got to walk around and just find a game on the floor and play it and be like, this is awesome, that gave a chance to a game that might not have had a chance otherwise. And we got to play games that were blown out of proportion and weren't very good. And we got to say, these games aren't very good. That is a, you know, that helps you as a player, as a, you know, I, I don't like to use this word too much, but as a consumer, make your decisions about what you are excited about and what you buy. And we will be limited in that, not specifically IGN, but the industry will. I think mm -hmm. we're still going to do lots of previews. We fly all around the world and do them. We tell you about them, but people don't have to do them now. They don't have to bring something to this big thing. There's just one less step for us to tell you, you know, the truth about a game that's not the, the developer or the publisher telling you about that game, mm -hmm. which is a, you know, we hear a lot about bias. There's no such thing as greater bias than the person making the game telling you that the game is good. Like, period. Like, sorry, journalists really are the best situation you have there because they're not going to let the audience play it unless they have demos. So it's a really interesting situation that we're missing without having E3. Well, and don't forget, E3 was like proof of the video game industry's legitimacy because long before E3, there, there's mm -hmm. CES. And before E3, the video game industry just had to they had to take their games to CES where they were literally sharing a show floor with microwaves and dishwashers. Yeah. What and if that comes back? What if we all have to go to freaking Vegas in January every year? Like, a fate worse than death. Several, several of us are, just FYI. <laughs> we're, sending, we're sending a decently sized crew of folks to CES this year. Yeah, but to cover tech uh, like they always do. Not, yeah, not yeah. for our games crew to cover video games like they never do. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely like, you know, and even in later E3s, you alluded to this, Sam, this feeling had gone away, but like you could find games. There was that feeling of like, you could walk up to a game, like it would just be there. You could pick up the controller, you could play it and we could discover things. And like word would spread over the course of E3. Like, yo, if you played this game, it's awesome. Exactly it's right. over at so-and-so's booth. Mm -hmm. And like a game could come out of that show with a highly increased profile and positive press mentions Thanks to the virtue of like, you know, the hard work that they put into making yeah. a really great piece of art. Scribblenauts so, won our E3 best of E3 award one year. Or yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I know that, you know, this has been a long time coming. Not too surprising. Still, I think a huge bummer. I think it's legitimately a big loss for gaming community. The ESA CEO, Stanley Pierre Lewis, told uh, gamesindustry.biz, quote, video game companies have new and exciting ways to reach people. Well, a Nintendo Direct or a State of Play just is not anywhere near as exciting as E3 was. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the ESA, I really, you know, I'm not a part of the ESA, so maybe I, I'm not qualified to speak on it, but it's like they're in such a tight spot, right? Of like, they exist at the grace of these video game developers and publishers that maybe do or don't want to pony up the money to like put on an event like E3. Like, 
you know, it, the crisis, the identity crisis of like, isn't an event for fans? Is it an event for uh, the industry? Um, you know, it's tough. It's a tough spot that they were put in. All right, and that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions, our last Video Game 20 Questions of 2023. So for the people out there that are keeping score, this is the your- finale. Their, yeah, the finale, the last chance to put up uh, a win for the year. Our suggestion this week comes from Gregory Indyk in Syracuse, New York. Mm. Let the questioning begin. What year so I, did E3 start? 1994? Yeah, six, maybe. 96? 95, I think, is the virtual boy year. Damon, could this game have appeared at an E3? <laughs> no. Cool. Hey, does this game have a winter level? No. Aw. So I regret that E3 question immediately because that means... It, it could either, be 2020. It, yeah, right. Like it either just came out or it's very old. Mm -hmm. um, Damon, is this game very old? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, phew. That was good. A good way to handle that. Um, did this game come out on the NES? Yes. Okay. And arcade? Second question. Yes, and that's five. Ooh, I think I think Damon's taking it easy on us here at the end of the year. <laughs> no winter level though. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Not Contra. No, Contra's no. a great winter level. Yeah, it does. Um, what's happening there? Aren't they in the jungle? Why is yeah. it winter? <laughs> well, maybe they're in the jungle of Hawaii, which has winter <laughs> up on top of the volcanoes. That's true. Maybe it's elevation change. Mm -hmm. um, uh, okay. Uh, it, it, okay, but it did come out in the arcades. Was this game? Uh, See, Red know. Falcon has weather control devices. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, does this come out pre-crash 1983 or before? Yes. It's an old one. Was this, Did game... this game have a joystick controller for the main controls? Yes. Oh, okay. But it came out on the NES, but it originally came out in arcades pre-83. Interesting. Was this game made by uh, Namco or Capcom? No. Was it developed by a U.S. developer? Yes. Was that developer... Williams or Atari? Yes, and that's 10. <laughs> okay. Is this a space game? Yeah. Um, I don't think I can answer that one. It's a little unclear. Okay. Okay. It's not bubbles. Maybe bubbles could be in space, but that's <laughs> gravity, so it'd have to be an orbiting ship. What about um, what you call missile command? Is, is that in space? Or yeah, are you on land? What are those bases? Is that a destroyed Earth or a lunar moonscape or what? We're all in space, though, right? Technically. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, so back to square one here. Um, that's what, like, if time travel were real, you would rematerialize in the middle of space because the Earth is rotated many thousands of miles away around mm -hmm, the sun. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, do you pilot a vehicle in this game? <laughs> Um, how literal or liberal is your definition of vehicle? It could be a triangle or a rectangle. <laughs> it's liberal. It's a liberal definition. 
A liberal definition. Hmm. <laughs> well, hmm. <laughs> How not to give everything away right here, right now? What's happened? Are you? It's like what is? What's going on? I, you Justin. pilot a vehicle. Let's say from a liberal definition. Let's say yes. Great. I don't. So that didn't help us at all. I'm glad we stuck, got stuck there. Um, we know. Did this have a vertical arcade monitor? Uh, I I don't know. I have to look oh, it up. Man, Damon, you want me to what look it up? Fail. I feel like we just won. I can look it up. Hmm. I mean, Sam, you know these games better than me. Is anything pointing at like uh, like Centipede? I don't know if it's Williams or Point. Uh, Sam, no, it does not have a vertical arcade monitor. Oh, then it's not Centipede. Right. Okay, so it's a flat boy. I, I'm thinking it's Moon Patrol or something like Will, but that's a Japanese-developed game, technically. Clearly in space, too. Um, and clearly a vehicle. Uh, all right, is this a Williams game? Yes. Okay, that makes it a lot easier. So we got um, games. Uh, we got Robotron. We got... Uh, I'm looking at a Williams game right here. Maybe Robotron's game. pretty good. Maybe Damon was thrown off by us being a robot. Or yeah, fighting a robot. Or a you're robot, in a mech. Yeah. Or who knows. What and it's got are. joysticks, too. It's a really good candidate. It's not Sinistar because we've had that too much and you're obviously in space. Um, is this a twin stick shooter? No. Ah! Okay. It's not Robotron, everybody. Okay. Uh, what else do we got? I mean, this should be so easy. Yeah, we got, I know. We definitely know what game Robotron. it is. Yeah. And it's on the NES, which is kind of unusual. Like an arcade game to get ported over. Yeah, we just need we need some general clues. Like, what do you play as? Like a human, that type of stuff. What about like, uh, what about Joust? That's a good one. Maybe maybe Damon was thrown off by piloting a vehicle because you're on a giant bird. <laughs> ah, I think it could be Joust. Uh, two players. Yes, uh, that's 15. Okay. Is it uh, Big Ostriches? Yes. <laughs> so Joust or Joust 2? Yeah, no, it's before, before 83, it's Joust. Good one, Justin, you got it. Is it it joust? is Joust. Hey. Nicely job. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, you're riding a bird. Yeah. Not a vehicle, other, but then I... Other big Williams games, there's not a lot of them. We got, we got Defender, but that's obviously in space, and Stargate, mm -hmm. the sequel. And so there's not, there's not a whole lot, you know, especially on the NES. Yeah. I think Joust is a great game. Joust Still fun is to really play good. Too. It's difficult. Like, it's difficult to play. You know, you got to yep. flap that wing yep. so much while you play in the, the arcade, but it makes sense in the arcade to hit that button. You know, it's funny. The sort mm -hmm. of game feel of like, look at it. Like you're, if you're watching the BO right now, it's like you rip across the floor when you're on foot. <laughs> you do, huh? Yeah. yeah. And like, like this and like balloon, balloon fight, they just yeah. like, they just feel perfect, right? Like they're really playable, really good games. Yeah. Yeah. And you like have to have your like jousting lance just above the other one to survive, yep. right? Is that how it works? Yep. Yep. And then I like when the floor burns away on later levels, and there's a lava monster down there that will grab you if you get too too low. That's right, yeah. Man, Balloon Fight is such a knockoff of this, but a great game. Yeah. It is a fish instead of a lava monster. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Uh, Sam, do you know there was an unrelated joust pinball machine from 69? I do. I, I played it, and I, you might have played it too, because it's at California Extreme, and it's a head-to-head game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not the joust that's based off the arcade game. Oh, just on on an unrelated joust pinball game from 1969. Oh, okay. And it's from Bali. Got it. That makes sense. Um, I have uh, th- at one of the arcade conventions I went to. They're selling a bunch of original arcade um, production drawings and art, and I have a couple of cool ones. I have like the golden idol head from the Indiana Jones pinball machine, the original pencil production drawing. That's a cool, cool. one, right? That's frameable. Um, but one thing I have is the entire layout of the Joust pinball machine done in pencil. It's just the entire cool. thing. I was going through it and they're like, oh man, they had, they had priced a box at like, you know, 30 bucks or something for each thing in it. And I pulled it and they're like, oh, I didn't realize the Joust thing was in there. And they're like, wait, we'll sell it to you. <laughs> but it's really cool. It's, it's a really, really huge, you know, full size yeah. life thing. I got to do something great. with it. Although framing it would cost $300. So I'm never going to frame it. Yeah. Long to the museum. Well, nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion. Gregory Endick in Syracuse, New York. Viewers and listeners, if you have suggestions for video game 20 questions in the new year, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this year. As ever, Scoop Nation, thank you so much for spending time with us this year. Uh, you, you guys are just the absolute best and the only video game podcast community in the world. Uh, and yeah. dude, uh, Sam and Justin, I love you guys. I look forward to spending our time together every week. It's truly the highlight for me every week, even after all these years. Likewise. And it's I so, I, I really love our audience too. And I, I really hope everybody has relaxing, safe, fun uh, winter times coming up with family yeah. and friends. Yeah. Play cool video games. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then I think there's going to be some cool video games for us to talk about in 2024. So please be excited for that. Uh, everybody out there, have a very safe holiday season where, where, wherever you are, however you celebrate. I hope they're filled with family and friends and good times. And of course, lots of video games. And thank you to Red, working behind the scenes, to make this episode possible and having lots of great B-roll ready to go. Yeah, thanks, Red. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out for 2023. I said I would run away as far as I could go teach the dogs to pull a sleigh through the white and drifting snow you brought home a magic box in time for Christmas day I chased stars and busted blocks till the feeling went away Eyes behind your eyes On my bus behavior Till Santa Claus arrives In another castle Trying to survive The storm that took us all In 1985 You walked out into the wind To warm up Grandma's car But you never came back in Lost beyond the fog of war
scrolls unfold in front of me And I am in control Wires from the old TV Through my hands and to my soul Needles in a vacuum Ice behind your eyes On my best behavior Till Santa Claus arrives In another castle Trying to survive The storm that took us all In 1985 You guys just see, in time. I think my see. hands are turning blue in my garage. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.